Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for an opportunity to participate in the worship through giving. And now as we get into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. We thank you and honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now into our fifth episode of our series, The Way, The Truth, The Life. And today, we're going to talk about another one of Jesus' I Am's. This I Am today, I think, is going to be quite significant to us all. I think this I Am today is going to uh, be something that resonates with us. Um, even as I was preparing this, I was like, I'm, I'll probably be listening to this two or three more times this upcoming week because the I am that we're going to talk about today is Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. And that brings up the fact that Jesus has the power to give and to restore our lives. So whatever or whenever or however we have uh, experienced loss, experienced hurt, or experienced pain, we can be comforted by knowing that Jesus is our resurrection and our life. And so when we started off this journey down this series, the first episode we talked about Jesus saying that I am the bread of life. And so we called that episode one, we called it bread. Then we talked about Jesus saying that I am the light of the world. And so we called episode number two, light. Then we talked about Jesus saying in episode three, I am the door. And so we call that episode Door. Last week we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd. And we talked about it meaning that he's saying that I am the good shepherd. And so today, as I said before, we're going to talk about Jesus saying I am the resurrection and life. I am resurrection and life. Our definitions for today are resurrection is a rising again, chiefly the revival of the dead of the human race or their return from the grave, particularly at the general judgment. So it's something that has died and been brought back to life. And life is the state in which natural functions and motions are performed. Life is the state in which natural functions and motions are performed. When you have life, you have movement. When you have movement, you have life. Now, this subject, this portion of scripture is coming from John, the 11th chapter. It actually could... could the all of John, the 11th chapter, 
But I'm just going to pull out a little bit today. And I think once I pull out that little bit, it will cause you to go ahead and look at John, the 11th chapter. So if you know you have your weekly Bible reading, your daily Bible reading, if you could add the 11th chapter of John, because just alone, just reading the 11th chapter of John would take me 20 minutes. And so then I'll be up here for about an hour and some time. And I don't want y'all looking at me cross-sided because then I'm going to get mad and lose, you know, lose where I'm supposed to be focused at. And then y'all going to be like, he's still talking. And my, my, my pot roast is in the oven in the time. And I don't want you to burn your pot roast, okay? So, so to keep me safe with my lovely bride and... Because we don't want to burn her pot roast. We're going to actually focus on a portion of scripture. But I need to explain and give you some information about this before we get to this. This narrative is focusing on one of Jesus' good, good friends. He was very close to this family. Um... There was a brother and two sisters, and he was very close to them. And he was in one location. I'm not going to give you all of the locations because you're going to read it. But he was in one location. He heard that his friend, his very close, close friend, was sick. But he continued to do what he was doing. Then when he got done doing what he was doing, he started heading to his friend's house. But on his way to his friend's house, he discovered that his friend had passed away. He had died. They said, ain't no need to come see him because he's dead. Well, Jesus decided that they were going to go on and see his friend and his family. Now, the way that the Jewish community does uh, when someone passes away, their goal is within 24 hours after a person passes, they try to bury them. That is their goal. That ain't that. I mean, we don't do that. I, I, I've read about one guy, they waited 30 days before they did all his procedures. But they have this special procedure that they go because it's also a part of the grieving process for the family. So the first seven days, the family stays at their house. Everybody comes to their house and the purpose of them coming to the house is to cry with them. The whole purpose of them coming is for everybody to come and cry with them and, and to mourn with them and to grieve with them. Seven days they do this. Then they have a 30-day period after that by which they recite a special prayer that is designed to help them to travel through the grief. And they usually do this at the synagogue. And so when we jump into this narrative, they are in the middle of that seven-day grieving period. And so we find ourselves in John, the 11th chapter, starting at that 24th verse. And Jesus is having dialogue with one of his friend's sisters. And Martin... Uh, 11.24 says this, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He said, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. One of the other things that they believed in the Jewish community is that the first three days that a person dies, that the spirit of that person is still around the person. It does not transition to Abraham's bosom until the fourth day. So there's this underlying hope that his spirit will come back into his body and the person will revive from death. But typically, we know that doesn't happen. So when you're reading this, you'll re understand the significance of it saying it's been four days. Because if it would have been the second day or the third day, the folks would have said, oh, Jesus didn't really do anything because his spirit was still present. But because it was the fourth day and their belief was the fourth day, the spirit is now gone to Abraham's bosom. So now this can't happen. I got to give you all this before we get into where I really want to go. So this, so Mary and Martha are sitting in the house and they're sitting on the floor and folks are coming. They actually had folks that were professional mourners. Now some of y'all probably know of people, probably know of uh, a brother or sister that if they want to, they can cry whenever they want to cry. I remember when my daughter, my baby girl, would, uh, was coming up and things didn't kind of go her way, she would start crying excessively. And my wife would say, keep practicing because you are on your way to an Academy Award. Because she would, oh my goodness, you think that everything just unfair. Uh, yes. So there are people that have the ability to just, and so even in this time, they had what they called the professional mourners. They would go around. Y'all heard it said like this, the wailing women. And they would wail, and I'm not going to do a wail in here because I'll, I'll, uh, people be thinking we're going to go crazy up in here. But they would be, ah! you know, really, really loud. And the whole purpose was to let everybody know that there was grieving going on. There's loss that is going on. There's pain that is going on. And so we got Lazarus buried. We got the sisters going through the grieving process. 
and Jesus with his slow behind us showed up four days late. And probably was healing some other folks but didn't want to come by and heal our brother. So we see Jesus inserting himself into one of the greatest grieving points of a person's life. The loss of a loved one. All of us have experienced loss of a loved one. And all of us can emotionally relate to how Mary and Martha could have felt during this time. And could see how knowing Jesus and knowing what Jesus can do can also see why they wondered maybe why Jesus didn't show up when he should have showed up, which is before Lazarus died. So sometimes we wonder, where was Jesus when this situation started? Sometimes, okay, sometimes I wonder, Jesus, if you would have been here from the beginning, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Jesus, if you would have been here, it wouldn't be this way. I wouldn't be going through this pain. I wouldn't be feeling this anguish. I wouldn't be going through this if you would have been here. Jesus, where was you? Why? Did you let me go through this? And so we see how when Martha hears that Jesus is on the ground, she gets out of the position that she was supposed to be in on the floor with the wailing women around her and the grieving gentlemen around her, and she goes outside to meet Jesus. And Mary... I believe was a little uh, was had a little bit more attitude of the two sisters because she walked up on Jesus and and if you allow me to throw my imagination out there, I don't think she walked up to him to give him a hug. I think she was kind of upset with Jesus, and if she would have got if she could have got away with it, probably would have slapped the taste out of his mouth. But because of the environment that they were in, she probably, all she knew that she could say is, you know, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have been dead. You let me down. You cut me short. I thought you was our friend. I thought you would be there for us. I thought all these things would not affect us so adversely, but you let us down. And then Jesus goes on and says, but he will live again. She said, I know he's going to live again because we all going to be raised again. We all going to be a part of the resurrection. I, what, you know, just stop telling me all this stuff we learned in synagogue. I, I'm hurting. I'm going through pain right now. And you going to come to me with some Bible verses? I ain't got time for that, Jesus. And in the middle of that, Jesus says, but I am the resurrection. And not only am I the resurrection, I am the life. 
And I can see Martha say, I believe you, and go back in the house. But y'all know how we do. In the back of her mind, she's still hot. She's still ready to fight him. But she goes back in. Then Mary comes out, and you'll see this when you read uh, uh, John chapter 11. Then Mary comes out, and guess what Mary says? If you would have showed up, my brother wouldn't have been dead. So this lets you understand the level of pain that they were going through. We had hope. We had trust. We had confidence in you. You closer to us than anybody else, and you left us hanging. It, 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 it brings out that they trusted. They had faith in who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. But they thought that he was only effective when they were alive. If you would have come before he died, we wouldn't be going through this. But now that he's dead, it's all for naught. Pain, anguish, hurt, disappointment will cause us to lose sight. It will cause us to reorient our eyesight. Do you notice when you are depressed, when you are in pain, that you don't look up, you look down? Do you notice that when you are hurting, you don't try to make eye contact with nobody? You want to pull yourself within yourself. You want to just let, cut yourself off from the world and say, just leave me alone. Let me just languish in this pain that I'm going through. And then when someone comes to assist you and help you, you try to talk to them as harshly as you can to make them leave you alone. Because that's what pain, loss, and disappointment will do to you. It will cause your heart to turn in a different direction. It will cause you to feel that nobody's on your side. I don't care if you're in the room with me. I don't care if you've been there with me. You're not on my side because if you was on my side, this wouldn't have happened. So when Jesus got smart with Martha and said, your brother's going to rise again, that's why she was like, I already know that. But that doesn't take away the pain. That doesn't take away the hurt. That doesn't take away what I'm going through. Quit trying to blow me off. Quit trying to come in there and say, Jesus is going to make everything all right. Quit trying to make it sound all religious and all that other stuff. I'm hurting and you coming in here with nonsense. But Jesus cuts through all that. He says, wait a minute, you got to understand that I am. If there's a resurrection to happen, I am the resurrection. If there's life to be had, I am the life. And so through this, Jesus is trying to reach past the hurt, reach past the pain, reach past the disappointment, and touch the faith that they had before the situation occurred. Because pain and disappointment and hurt 
will never cause you to seek God's face. It causes you to say, woe is me. Nobody is on my side. Nobody's with me. I'm in this all by myself. And I don't care what nobody says. It's all about me. My pain. My hurt. Nobody felt this pain like I felt it. Nobody felt this hurt like I Nobody felt this disappointment like I felt it. That's why one of the first things we tell folks is that when you're going to comfort somebody, the one thing you do not say is, I know how you feel. I don't care if it happened exactly the same way. If the passing was exactly the same. You never tell a person, I know how you feel. Because you think you know. But you are not into the inner recesses of that person's heart and mind. And so the best thing that we can do is to go and just sit there beside them and let them know that somebody's here. Yes. One of the things that I really do not enjoy is sitting or going to see someone that has lost a loved one. I don't know about y'all, but I, 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 I become lost for words. I don't want them to hurt. I don't want them to go through pain. I don't want them to feel disappointed. But it causes me to reflect on my pain. It causes me to reflect on my disappointment. It causes me to reflect on my hurt. And so, because I don't want to feel it, I try to pull them out, but they don't want to come out because they want to be in this moment. But I don't want them to be in that moment. So now we have this additional tension because I'm trying to help them, but right now I don't want help. I, let me work through this, and we are now causing more hurt, more pain, because you don't understand. You, you're trying to pull me out of this, but I, I don't want to be out of this right now. So now we see Mary and Martha there in a precarious situation. They're in good and very good, very close with Jesus. They're going through the process of pain. They're going through the process of hurt. They're going through all this that, that, that is trying to help them relieve the grief. But their hope and their whole trust was in Jesus. And Jesus didn't show up on time. If I can't trust Jesus, who can I trust? If I can't trust Jesus, who can I trust? And so when Martha came out, she had the attitude. Mary comes out, and it talks about how when Mary comes out, she says the same words, but it has a different meaning because she falls down at Jesus' feet and said, if you would have been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. And Mary said it in such a way that it says that Jesus got troubled in his own spirit. Jesus felt what Mary was saying. He felt what Mary was talking about. Because that was his friend also. 
It says that he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. So Jesus is not exempt. He is not away from our heartache. He's not exempt from our pain. He's not exempt from our disappointment. Jesus enters into that emotional pain with us. He's there with us. But the thing that we want, we don't want to feel no pain. But Jesus says, I'll be with you in the pain. Well, Jesus said, I don't want the pain in the first place, so you don't need to be here. But Jesus says, if we don't go through the pain, then we don't understand what the victory really feels like. We don't really feel what the compassion that is necessary for us to touch others' lives feels like. Now, think about this. Jesus knew the whole purpose for what, why all this was happening. So that God could show himself to all the people. But Jesus, if Jesus would have said, no, I've come to raise Lazarus from the dead, it, it, see, it, it wouldn't have worked because folks had already made up in their mind. They had already gone through the pain. They, Jesus, go sit down somewhere. You should have came five days ago talking about all this raise the dead nonsense. But he says, no, let's go on to the cemetery. And the way that they were set up back in those days, they would dig out of a mountain or a high place. They would dig it out and they would put shelving. <laughs> I'm saying shelving. Put shelving in the sides. And what they would do, they would wrap the bodies up and then they would put the bodies in the various locations. So it was like almost like a family crypt that they would have back in those days. So Jesus goes and he says, come on, y'all, let's go on to the funeral. He, he's, Jesus violating all kind of protocol. During the seven days of restriction where they're supposed to be sitting in the house, folks supposed to be coming in. That's why they say if the man is known gone crazy. Jesus feeling so sorry that he, he want to go to the funeral site. He want to go to the burial site. He gets there and says, roll that stone out of the way. Now, if I had opportunity to have a Hammond B3 organ in here, I'd take this a different way. But since I don't, I'm going to do it this way. When Jesus had them roll the stone away, first caused the first issue. When Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, caused another issue. Not only has he gone crazy, but he done really gone crazy. He done talk, he trying to talk to Lazarus, and Lazarus is dead. The third issue was when Somebody came and stood up in that doorway and they realized it was recently buried Lazarus. The fourth issue was they were sitting there staring because they couldn't believe it. He's had to tell them, take the wrappings off of Lazarus so that he can be released. So some folks was feeling for Jesus because 
They were like, oh, Jesus just feels so, he, he loved Lazarus so much, he just got to go see him one final time. Some folks say the man crazy because Lazarus is dead. Some folks say Jesus saves others, he can't even save his friend. If he could save anybody, wouldn't Jesus save his friend? He going around to all these cities and doing all these things. Shouldn't he be able to save his friends? He says, roll a stone away. Oh, Martha, this attitude said, Lord, don't roll that stone away. That boy's stinking. He's been in there about four days. That's why we got to put the thing over the door. Because... Decomp, as they call it on CSI, has begun. And then Jesus said, just believe God. Now I said all that to get us to this point. There was a song that we had today in our set list. And it says that earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. I want to encourage you today that whatever the pain is that you're throwing that fake smile up about, whatever that pain is that's talking to you even right now, Jesus can heal it. Jesus can roll away the stone that you're trying to use to cover it up so that he can't see it. You know the worst thing about thinking that you got everything under control? Is thinking that you got it under control. That's the worst thing. You may think you got your children under control, but you really don't have them under control. You're hoping that what you have told your children will manifest for the good. Y'all don't want to help me right now. You want, you are hoping that the seeds that you planted into your spouse, into your loved ones, will grow into good fruit. That is your hope. But you know what I've learned? I've learned just recently that some soil is not congruent to the growing of good fruit. There's certain nutrients, there's certain things that need to be in that soil in order for it to grow appropriately. I want you to know today that Jesus knows your pain. Jesus has the ability to take your pain and turn that pain into joy. The Bible says that he could take your pain and turn it into joy. The Bible says that he can take your pain, your anguish, your hurt, and turn it into joy. 
Why can Jesus, or how can Jesus do that? Because he can take the dead thing and bring it to life. See, pain is not life. Pain is not living. Hurt is not life. Hurt is not living. Jesus says, I can turn it. But what you got to do is you got to trust that I have the ability to do it. But Jesus, right now, surely he's been in there four days. Lord, I've been living with this for 50 years. Surely it is too decomposed for you to bring it to life. Jesus, I've been living with this for a hundred years. This is all I've ever known. This is the pain that I've always lived with. Surely it has gotten to the point that that's all it can be. But he says, roll the stone away. Roll away the blockage that you're trying to put in his way to cause him not to bring the healing in your life. Move it out the way. And then when he resurrected, don't sit there and look at it like you don't believe he resurrected it. You take off the clothing that it had before and let it walk into the new life that you've given it. That he's given it. Because you've given it life because you've taken it to Jesus and said, Lord, I need you to resurrect this situation. It's beating me down. It's causing me not to be able to move in the direction that you want to move me in. It's causing me not to want to act in the way that you want me to act. Lord, bring life into this. Bring life into this pain. Bring life into this hurt. Bring life into this disappointment. Because only you can do it. I tried to go through the process. I tried to go through the five uh, steps of grieving. I tried to go through that, but I'm still hurting. I'm still, Lord, I need you in the middle of this. Because if you don't come into the middle of it, I'm still going to be desperate. I'm still going to be hurting. I'm still going to be disappointed. I need you to be the I am in my hurt and in my pain. I need you to turn it for my good and your glory. But I tell you the key to this is you got to break out of the pattern that has been established. And you got to walk Jesus to the location. And you got to remove the blockage and let him be the Lord of your life. Because he says, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. If you don't want to hurt anymore, stop saying, I'm tired of hurting, and do something about it. If you're in pain regarding a situation, and you just can't seem to get over the hump, Stop relishing in the pain and take Jesus to the pain and say, Jesus, deal with this. Some of us, I think I'm going to stop after this. Some of us have made our pain our pet. 
I'm like this because my mom's sister's cousin brother said this to me when I was four years old. And now I'm still walking around with it because they said my nose is too long, my feet too big, my ears are, you know, my ears are so tiny. They don't even know how I can hear anything. So I just, I'm just an ugly person. And it's become your pet. You take it along wherever you want to go. And Jesus is saying, I want to take that pain that you have become, allowed yourself to become comfortable with and take you to a new level and give you life. We talked about, Jesus said, the life I have is a life that is full to the full. Y'all understand what that is? Do y'all know what abundant is? That means you got enough with a little bit left over. You got enough life, but you got to turn that pain over to him. Now, I'm going to tell you, those of y'all that have pets, y'all know, after you spend time with your pets, if that pet passes away or that pet is removed, guess what? I wish I had my pet back. Okay, but guess what? You get over it. Jesus wants to take you to another level. But you are allowing that pain, that hurt, and that disappointment to cause you to sit in the floor and have all this stuff around you that's validating that you can feel the way that you feel. And he's saying, just come on outside, let's go look at it. But Jesus, the process is, I got to sit here for seven days. No, come on, let's go look at it. But Jesus, if you'd have been here sooner, I wouldn't be going through this. Come on, let's go take care of it. But Jesus, this is the process. This is, this, I feel okay being in this situation. Come on, let's go. And Jesus is sitting there. Come on, let's, let's, let's. I'm on your side. I will cause this to change in your life. I'm not going to ask today. Because I already know. All of us have some pain that we're still holding on to. Some pain that we're still referencing. Some disappointment that we still run to when we want to be mad. Or some, when we feel like nobody's listening to us. Or some disappointment that we run to. But Jesus is saying, I can take all that away. I need you to give it to me. I need you to give it to me. Now, even as I was talking, what should have been happening in your mind, I'm not, not should have, what was happening in your mind is that pain was talking to you. It was telling you, don't listen. Don't, don't listen. We've been, we've been together for a long time. You don't want to separate. What you going to do if we separate? You're going, you're going, what are you going to do? You're going to lose the memory of that, the, 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 the lost loved one. If, if, you, if you get away from the pain. You're going to lose the memory, the happiness that you... Pain, that's how pain works. But when you allow Jesus to come in and bring life, it gives you a whole new perspective. So I'm not going to ask you to stand up 
I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because if you didn't stand up, you didn't raise your hand, then I'd have to preach online. And I don't want to talk about that today because I already know all of us have a pain that we're still wrestling with. We have a pain that has become our friend. But today, we're going to deal with it. I believe it's my responsibility. I believe that God brought this to me. That's why I say this is one of the ones that I want you to go onto that YouTube page and listen to one or two more times so that God can speak to you because he is the resurrection. Not only does he bring dead things to life, he says, and the life. So not only does he bring it to life, he brings it life. Y'all catch what I'm saying. He resurrects the thing, and then he says, in addition to bringing it to life, I am the life. Y'all see what I'm saying? Not only does he make it so it's animated, but he gives it that abundant life that he desires for us to have. I want everybody. Just bow your heads. I'm going to give you a couple moments. I'm not going to tell you what to say. But I am going to tell you this. The opportunity is at this very moment. For you to turn that pain over to Jesus. And if you need to cry, if you need to sniffle, if you whatever you need to do at this moment, it's okay. Because he's bringing life to your situation. Holy Spirit. We come against all the noise right now in our minds. And we release the pain. We thank you for this, for your convicting presence that we will walk in the life that Jesus has for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the one that's able to bring life to something that is dead and to bring abundant life. Father, in accordance to your directive for today, I've declared your word. I've stirred up the hearts of your people. I come against every whisper of the enemy right now. That they will pursue you wholeheartedly and that you will heal that pain 
I thank you, God, for using me. But most of all, I thank you for loving us enough to want us to walk in healing. So as we turn over this situation to you, that we will walk in a newness of life. I thank you and I honor you for God. In your son Jesus' name, amen. You sitting there at your house, you just chilling. I understand. I know this kind of messed with you a little bit. But the key, the one thing I need for you to understand and know, that Jesus cannot be your resurrection or your life if you don't have a relationship with him. So today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Meaning that it's not something that we wait for till tomorrow. It's what we get today. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today, as he's working to release you from the pain, to release you from the hurt and the disappointment. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, And you believe that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Salvation means to be rescued and delivered from the penalty of sin. And that's what God wants to work in your life today. So, if you've made that decision today, please let us know. We want to assist you along this journey. As you've seen today, we ain't all got it all. We all still carry some pain and some hurt. But when you have Jesus on your side, he is able to resurrect that which we thought was dead and to give it a brand new life. And we want that for you. So please, let us know that you've made that decision today. Email us at info at godshousecc.com and we will get back with you and assist you along this journey. I say it every time. This is not an individual sport. This is a team event. And we are there to help undergird you, to help you go forward. All right? That's info at godshousecc.com and we will get back with you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, family and friends, this was episode number five of our series, The Way, The Truth, and The Life, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. We got two more to go, and I, you know I ain't going to tell you what they are, but you show up next week, I'll get you to find out number six, won't you? <laughs> So we'll see you next week. Please take the opportunity to go onto our YouTube page. Listen to this again. I'm quite sure there's some more things that God's going to reveal to you if you listen to it again. It's in John, the 11th chapter. We just covered the whole chapter. Please check it out. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.